Hello, and welcome back to the Embody Your Brand podcast. Can you believe that we're already almost halfway through November, which means it's almost December, which means it's almost the end of the year? I cannot believe it. I feel like this year has flown by for me. And honestly, at the end of the year, I really love to reflect on my business, how things are going, as well as see if there's anything in the back end of my business that I can do and refine and get ready for the next year. And if you're anything like me, then this episode is going to be a great one for you because I'm discussing with my friend Dolly DeLong the top three systems that every creative-minded solopreneur needs to streamline your work and honestly give more room for your creativity throughout the process. So a little bit about Dolly. She is a Nashville-based branding photographer and milestone family photographer. But when she's not serving her clients through photography, she wears the hat of a systems and workflow educator. And she really loves teaching business owners about the importance of systems and workflows so that the back-end puzzle pieces of our businesses can run smoothly and so that we can focus on what matters most to us, which once again, if you're anything like me, that's serving clients, that's saving my time, and of course, making that money, right? (laughs) So I picked Dolly's brain on what she thinks are the top three systems that we can include in our businesses to help us do just that. We chat through our contact forms and our lead generation. We chat through finances. We chat through email marketing and list building. And you guys, this episode is so good. The conversation is full of so many helpful tips. And Dolly really over delivers in this. And I'm so grateful for that. So dive in, grab a pen, grab a notebook. Think through ways how you can incorporate some of these things into your business this year and give yourself a chunk of time throughout the holidays and some of this downtime when you're maybe not working with clients to implement some of these things. I had this interview with Dolly about a month ago and have implemented some of the tips that she says in this podcast. And I just tell you what, it makes a world of a difference. So I highly encourage you to do the same. So with that said, Please give a big warm welcome to our lovely guest, Dolly DeLong. Welcome to the Embody Your Brand podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Christensen, a brand strategist and creative director that helps service providers build high-touch brands that embody your mission, call in your dream clients, and amplify the impact you're here to make. From running a brand design studio to leading the creative team of an eight-figure startup, I've spent my entire career learning how to craft successful brands from the inside out. And now I'm here to share everything you need to know to build an in-demand brand. From strategic branding tips to powerful mindset shifts to conversations with guest experts, it's my intention to empower you with the most holistic resources and perspectives on branding so that you can build one that truly lasts. So let's dive in to the Embody Your Brand podcast. Hello, Dolly. Welcome to the Embody Your Brand podcast. I am absolutely pumped to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored to be here. 
Oh, likewise, I'm honored to have you on as a guest. I know you have your own podcast. And so it's always fun to be able to chat with people who do this often and just have a really fun conversation with you. And there's so many things I want to dive into. But before we get to that, I love providing my listeners with your story, like an overview of who you are, what you've built. And I would say for the purpose of this conversation, walk us through how you decided to really dive into systems and and how you found a love for that. Yeah, definitely. So just a little bit about me. Hi, my name is Dolly DeLong, and I am a Nashville-based family and branding photographer. And I also serve as a systems and workflow educator for creative-minded business owners. So those are the three audiences that I serve within my business. Personally, I'm married to my husband, Ty. I am a boy mom, so I have two boys right now. And I stay very busy, very packed growing my business and then also managing my family, growing with my family. How I got started with systems, I feel like I hear this pretty much everywhere I listen to or any person that talks about their own business journey. It's like, fell, not fell into my lap, but it was forced into my life, especially in that big year. Have you ever heard of 2020, the big year of change for everyone? (laughs) (laughs) That was a huge year of change for me in the best sort of ways. I had one child at the time, Blaze is my oldest, and he was a toddler. And we were staying home together, of course, because he couldn't go to school. He couldn't go to mom's day out. And then I couldn't meet with my clients because the shutdown had happened. I couldn't take photographs anymore, do photo sessions at the time. We thought it was going to be two weeks turned into six months, eight months. And so I had to, I hate the word pivot, but I had to pivot and figure out what else am I good at that I could get paid for and still continue to grow my business very slowly like a tortoise. I don't want to think it was moving at a fast warped pace speed, but I still wanted to grow and make traction. And so I have always been really good about organizing the back end of my business. And I guess I should share that I have a background in higher education. So I worked at a university for between seven to eight years, helping college students out. My last year, I worked with international students, helping them with their visas and getting their records ready, just making sure that their stay at the university was organized and just helping them out, like making them feel not only welcome, but also organized because visas, that's a big deal. I wanted to make sure that they could just concentrate on being students and didn't have to worry about the paperwork. Plus, I remember you sharing with me, didn't you also grow up in India or lived in I India did. or something? So yeah. you have that relatability with them, which I think is so cool, by the way. Yeah. So I have an immigrant mother. I grew up watching her like become a, a citizen. I remember all the stress of becoming a citizen and watching her own journey influenced me to take that into the higher education space. And I wanted to like just be a source of encouragement to the students and also help them be organized because historically a lot of college students, they are labeled as unorganized and all over the place. And so I just wanted them to enjoy being students. At the same time, I was also unknowingly growing my photography business because that was a hobby of mine. It was a hobby starting in 2008. And from 2008 to 2018, I was earning the same amount that I was making at my higher education. And 
For those of you who are listening, don't be too impressed by that because I wasn't making that much money, okay, <laughs> in higher education. So it started matching my income, but I was able to balance it all out. Maybe not the best way to balance, but I was still learning how to balance. And it was because of the way I was organizing the back end of my business with systems and workflows and SOPs, but I didn't know that's what it was called. I just assumed everybody knew how to balance out with systems, workflows, SOPs. Could you describe for a moment, sorry to interrupt, yeah. what an SOP is? I know what that is, but I feel like there might be some people in my audience who don't know what an SOP is. Do you mind just describing what that is? Definitely. So an SOP stands for standard operating procedure. So what is your standard operating procedure for running pretty much everything in your life? Everybody has an SOP for everything. If you think about it, you have a way of having a skincare routine. You have a way for how you make your meals. There is an SOP for everything in your life. And so take that, put that into the business. And there are certain things that you do specifically for everything in your business. That's an SOP and it's all living in your brain. And so in 2020, when I was like, what am I really good at? How can I make money or how can I lean into my strengths? And that's where the systems, workflows, SOPs came out. Now, keep in mind, my messaging was not clear. I didn't know how to explain what I did, but I just decided to step into that and start teaching other creative-minded business owners about the importance of organizing the back end of their business so that the front end could be more clear. They would actually enjoy running their business and not be scattered all over the place. And since 2020, I've been just running with that and having so much fun learning and teaching others and educating others. And then in 2021, that's when I decided to start my podcast, the Systems of Workflow Magic podcast, and educate, reach more people. And I'm still doing full-time photography, but now I'm leading heavily into the education side as well. Which is so awesome. And I know you're able to balance all of that because of the systems and workflows that you have in place, especially as like a, I don't know, would you identify as a solopreneur? Yes. In a way. So it's almost like you're little employee, your virtual assistant that's running and working in the background to help you manage all of the many talents that you have and interests that you have, especially as a creative person. So I think that's awesome. And I just have to say for the listeners here, I've experienced her workflows through emails. We'll dive into it more, but she really is an expert in this. I first Thank met you. her because we're I'll actually be on her podcast, I believe in the beginning of next year at some point. But when I was even filling out some information for that, it's it's beautifully automated. And I was like, I need to learn from you. She is an expert in this. But the interesting thing to me, when I think of systems and workflows and also being a creative-minded business owner, and I definitely identify as that, sometimes I feel like there could be a disconnect or maybe it sounds like an oxymoron, right? To be an organized creative, if that makes sense. How can we balance maintaining our creativity and following a strict process or system for something? Or do you ever see any sort of resistance come up, whether in yourself or some of your clients that feel like systems and processes stifle their creativity in a way? Yeah. Well, for me, what comes up for me is two things. Hopefully I can remember this. You might have to remind me of the yeah, question. Yeah. Yeah. But my brain first goes to that first overwhelm. When you hear the term systems and workflows and SOPs, some people's reaction is fear. I don't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. I don't understand tech. 
It's kind of like that mentality. I'm not a math person. I'm not a numbers person. So why even bother? I'm just going to let my creativity lead me and guide me. And there's nothing wrong with being creative minded. I am creative minded. I love art. I'm a believer that God created us to be creative. Right. Like he created he is creative and he created us as his children to be creative too. As silly as that sounds, I really believe when I dive into my creativity, I'm honoring God with my talents. And, and I want I want creative minded business owners to lean into their talents because nobody else can do what they do. And I, I hope your listeners are hearing me say that there's nothing wrong with being creative minded. But then there is a problem with when you tell yourself, I'm too dumb to figure this mm. out. I just need to throw money at somebody to figure it out for me. The thing is, you can throw money at a problem and th- they will like fix it essentially then you will understand what it took to fix it, how to run it. And so there needs to be a time and space for you as a creative mind business owner to take a step back and assess what foundational gears are running my business. Think of those gears as building blocks or systems that run your business. And there's nothing wrong with taking a step back to slow down and see, okay, this is how it all works together. And because when you take a step back, you can speed up. But if you don't take a step back and you decide to speed up like an engine of a car, it's going to break down and then you're going to find yourself in a worse space later on down the line. So as a creative, hopefully that helps answer the question. As a creative minded business owner, I want listeners and I'm telling myself this. You're not dumb for being confused, essentially, at the tech pieces and the tools and the app, everything that goes Mm -hmm. into systems, workflows, and SOPs. Part of that is your creative brain. You developing those standard operating procedures. Part of it is you. You can't pay somebody to put it all together. Like You have to help them out. Another thing that I want, hopefully, does that help answer the question? Yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And then another piece that I want to share with starting with systems and workflows is just, I know we're not going to talk about this, but I want to always make it super clear to business owners when I'm working with them. It doesn't mean you have to automate everything in your business. I don't like coming at it from that. I don't want to be the business owner. Some people want this. I don't want everything to run on automation while I sit on a beach drinking a margarita. That's not my dream (laughs) at all. That's some people's dream, but that's not my dream. My dream is to continue to refine the back-end puzzle pieces of my business to see, okay, what either can be handed off if I'm able to financially offset this, or if I can't offset this cost, how can I do a hybrid of me and other apps, tech tools working together, make it run smooth as butter. And that can be intimidating and overwhelming. But again, the whole point is to take a step back and to assess one puzzle piece at a time instead of jumping all in and then getting mad that you're drowning. Mm -hmm. And it just that's what a lot of people do, unfortunately. They just jump head first and they think they need to work on all the things. And then the reality is you just need to start with one puzzle piece. I love that. I think it's so helpful to hear. And I love how validating you are too. I think that's awesome because you've been there. You are a creative-minded business owner and you've done these things yourself. So I just, I love that's coming across and what you're saying. So how do we identify what that puzzle piece is for us? Yeah. Okay. 
man, I wish I had an all-encompassing answer. But for me, it's always come down to five different things. And I know we're not going to cover all five, but for me, I, I like to look at your own standard operating procedures. What runs your own business? What are those repeatable tasks that you're doing constantly over and over? And what are your client relationships in those tasks? Literally, what are your SOPs? And people don't want to do that because that takes time. All right. That honestly, it takes time. And that's not sexy. It's not sexy to sit down and do a brain dump of literally every single task you do. So that's one building block. Another building block that I like to assess is time management. Because constantly it's, I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have time to do that. I don't have Mm -hmm. time to do this. And so the non-sexy thing to do is to take a step back and to assess where all of your time is going. And so I do this at least once a year now, just because I'm a mom and I don't have the luxury to sit down and have journal time and go to a coffee shop and record my feelings about time. But in the past, I have actually mapped out every single hour over a week what I did, including eating, sleeping, taking care of the boy, everything. And that's where I found my working hours. In all honesty, I work between 15 to 20 hours a week and they're not all grouped together. They're in time blocks. But to find what works for you, you really have to take an honest assessment of time. And that's where the time management piece comes in. And a lot of people don't want to do that because it's not fun work. There's a lot of resistance to that. I had a business coach who had encouraged everyone in this program that I'm in to take a week write down every single thing you do in your business. It wasn't life related, but it was business related. And he's, this is my best piece of advice that 99% of you are not going to actually do and follow because it's tedious. I don't want to do that. But literally, if you write down every single email you respond to, how long it takes you to create that reel on Instagram, do your actual client work, so on and so forth. Take a look at that and see where you're spending your time because chances are there are things that you could either delegate or automate or just free up your – to your point of people saying they don't have enough time, it's have you ever thought about where you're spending your time, right? Exactly. And again, it's not fun. It's tedious. And I really give props to the people who actually, like you said, your coach is saying, hey, a lot of people don't do this, but to the people who will do it, They will see where all their time is going. And you're right. You can assess those steps and you can streamline, optimize each step and just refine them to be more efficient in your favor. And so the third piece I like to assess are the systems of finances, because this Mm -hmm. is another really tough building block to get over. And it's something that I'm constantly assessing in my own business. Where's my money coming in from? Where is it going? I may be making money, but why didn't I get to pay myself? Am I paying myself consistently? That's a third block that a lot of people don't want to cover in their own business. A fourth block is, so I talked about SOPs, finances, email, the content marketing side, actually creating content to build yourself as an authority and also to build that bridge between you, like for the client journey, because you mm-hmm. need to create content to meet people at different parts of their customer journey. That's and a also, big one. It's just a beast. And people are, I'll just outsource it or I'll just pay for it. But then if you haven't covered the block of your finances and you don't have the money, like it all like, adds up. And so it all plays together. And then finally, the fifth 
thing that I like to encourage people to look at is their system of how are they building out their audience through email marketing? Because I'm a huge proponent of building out your email list because, again, you don't own social media. You don't own any of these platforms that are fun to market yourself on. You don't own them. Mm. When you have an email list, you're nurturing a community. Yeah, it might be five right now, but then that will turn into 10. That will turn into 20. That will turn into 100. It takes time. All of these building blocks take time. It takes true assessment. It takes a lot of tough love and it takes you putting on your blinders and working with somebody or working with a coach or just doing the assessment on your own. Oh, it's so critical. And as you're going through this, I'm like, yep, I can identify at least for me where I need to improve. I I think it's like one thing to think, oh, this could take a lot of work. But the way that I see it, I'm excited about this stuff because that means I get more of my time back. That means I get to focus on the things that actually really light me up. And then also focusing on these, at least for me, a little side note, I think sometimes when we do run online businesses, it's hard to maybe identify as a CEO. But we really are, if you're the founder of your company, you also should have your CEO cap on too. Mm -hmm. You should also be figuring out how to make things more efficient, how to save more money, profit margins, all of these things. And really think of yourself in that way. Like you said before, you had a hobby that you turned into a business. And I feel like integrating a lot of these things is what helps you take your business there or take a hobby to business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I wish we can sit down and talk about those five things in depth, right. but then that would take hours. Forever. Exactly. Yeah, forever. And people would be like, please stop talking <laughs> telling us what to do. So we decided on three things to really dive into, which I yeah. think are going to be just so helpful as starting points. Like you said, we don't want to like dive into everything. Our brains cannot handle that. But let's talk through them. The, the first one, just to give an overview, and then we yes. can go into each uh, process for your contact forms and your lead generation, your inquiries. And the second is finances. And the third is your email marketing, right? Yeah. And your list building. Let, let's talk about contact forms. Let's talk about people reaching out to us and inquiring. Yes, definitely. So something that I have noticed that a lot of creative business owners, oh, I'm going to say not just creative-minded business owners in general, right? things is a struggle. They don't have a consistent way to contact them. Yes, there might be a contact form on your website, but then people are contacting you through your Instagram DM, through, I, I don't, I'm not on TikTok, but I'm assuming there's a way to contact you on TikTok or LinkedIn or Facebook or texting or email. Like people are contacting you in all those different platforms and there's no consistent streamlined way to get a person from inquiry to like you're sending them information that's concise. You're literally setting yourself up for failure if you are allowing yourself to be so scattered to communicate on all of those platforms. You should have a very streamlined way to do that through one Form. And yes, they may contact you on those different platforms. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But if you do it like this, it will streamline it and will make your brain feel a little better and it won't hurt as much. <laughs> so this is, I call this a contact form that wows because I have literally had clients reach out to me and said, this wowed me and this is why I hired you. I need to take this voice of customer now mm-hmm. and run with it. But essentially I've been doing this. I've been incorporating this in my own business for three years now. I So I've tested it out and I'm like, 
Wow. I don't know what else to say, but wow. So the first thing is I would say assess your, I call it client relationship management tool. How are people inquiring? Are they doing it through your website? Do you have a clear, consistent path for them? And that's where the CRM tool comes in, like Mm -hmm. Dubsado or HoneyBook or 17 Hats or something. You have to have one clear form for them to fill out, not 10,000 forms. Let's use Dubsado as an example. I use that and I love it. It's very clear. So on that lead capture form, the contact form, think about what types of questions you need to ask your ideal client so that you can feel their answers and also Mm -hmm. so that they're actually taking action to submit. My advice for your contact form is not to make it a thesis and for them to go through it and answer all the questions. Because if you do that, keep in mind a lot of your inquiries are are inquiring through their phone. That experience for them, they could bounce off within Mm -hmm. 10 seconds. So I am done with this. I'm going to go to the next person and fill out their contact form. Are you talking about long form answers? Are you talking about the number of questions or both? I'm talking about both. Yeah. Make sure that inquiry process is short and sweet. And then if you need to feel them more, maybe that could be your personalized next step Mm -hmm. to feel them. But make it really easy for them to reach out to you. Obviously, include name, last name, email, phone number would be some good. And then if you have select down boxes of, let's say you offer three different services within your business, make sure that each one that they select. Now, this is the more advanced part, but this <laughs> is a game changer. I know in in Dipsado, you can do this. You can attach a specific workflow to attach to whatever they self. So if they self-select, I want to do branding photography. Guess what? They're entered into a branding photography workflow that answers their specific questions. Mm-hmm. I want to work with you for family. Then it answers those right. specific questions. And this is where a lot of business owners are like, I don't know how to do that. And then they just let people contact them however, which way they want to. And there's inconsistency at the very top of the communication or top of the funnel. And right. so I would say, assess your contact form. See if it's easy. Do the mom test. I've heard the mom test be like, give it to your mom or parent or grandma Mm -hmm. and see how easy it is for them to navigate the contact form. That is so genius. Is this easy to understand? Is this easy to navigate for you? I'm a mom. I don't think I'm dumb. And I'm sure like my sons, when they get older, they'll be like, she doesn't know anything, but I'm just saying, give it to somebody who is outside of your business who can navigate it and ask them, is this contact form easy to fill out? Is it self-explanatory? And then here are some immediate action steps that should happen when they hit submit on your contact form. So after they hit submit, they immediately should be taken to a, a thank you page, not right. a blank page because that happens a lot. There's nothing. Did it go through? Is there a glitch on my side? Is there a glitch on their side? You should confirm with whoever's reaching out to you right away. And that's where that automation comes in. And on your thank you page, I would highly suggest having a little blurb about you. Hey, thank you for reaching out. I'm confirming that you submitted this. This is what you should expect. A real response from me within the next 24 to 48 business hours. And maybe this is where a lot of business owners don't want to do, but I know you're listening to this podcast and you take action, but 
create a video of yourself thanking them, looking at the camera and say, you don't have to make it a personalized video because I don't even know the type of technology that would take, but say, thank you so much for filling out my contact form. I'm so excited. I'm Dolly. So you can expect a response from me within two to three business days. And until then, here's what you should do. Check your email for me for email one. You inquired about this. Here's my freebie all about. And they also get on your email list and you're like getting them on your email list. (laughs) And then here, follow me on social media, follow me on Instagram. And then that way they're being nurtured to get to know you. They're getting nurtured from your email list at the very beginning. And then they saw you. So you're hitting them on three points with that thank you page. And then fourth point, you're confirming, hey, you're in the right place. You submitted, you're in the right place. Now go check your email. So while that happens on the back end of your CRM, they are sending off that first automated email that is thank you for submitting. And this is what you can expect. So those two automations are happening at the same time. I love this. Dolly, like this, I'm like, yes, because this is actually something that I learned a couple months ago. And when someone had mentioned, you should be leveraging the hell out of your thank you pages. Mm-hmm. I was yes. like, I don't even think I have a thank you page yeah. after my form because my website's on Squarespace. And if you fill out a form that's native to Squarespace, you don't integrate it or embed it from another CRM. I believe the auto, what shows up after someone fills out the form is just thank you or something. Like so not personal. And I love the idea of a custom thank you page. And for anyone listening, I, I have a lead magnet, a free resource in my show notes. You should just go sign up for that and see what the thank you page is because it's saying exactly what Dolly is saying. It has a video of me, which I have to tell you, I felt awkward recording this. It feels really I just awkward. Did I just yeah. did it on my desktop computer. I don't have a professional camera. But saying thank you, being more personal, that's really where our personal brand can shine Mm -hmm. and how we can nurture, like you said, and warm up our inquiries and our leads and get them excited about what they just did. Because sometimes it can be scary, like filling out a contact form or maybe not scary downloading a free resource, but it just shows that you go above and beyond. And it's such a nice branded touch. And like you said, strategically, telling them what to do while something is on the way to their inbox. And I found success with that in linking my podcast there, in linking Instagram there, and even just having a link. This is for a lead magnet, but to book a clarity call with me, right? It's okay if you're interested and actually taking action to download this free resource, then chances are, you know, if we're meeting face-to-face here in this video – you'll want to schedule a call too. And that's great. So I'm just like, yes, I love this. And it's been a game changer. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. And if you are, again, going in the creative side, you can get as creative as you want to be for your thank you page. You can add elements of your business, the fonts, the colors, the aesthetic. Make sure it embodies your business and that video really showcases who you are. And you don't have to have a huge video production team. Just open up your computer, and record. I use Loom, L-O-O-M. Mm-hmm. I love Loom. Me too. I absolutely love Loom. And you can just embed it on your website. And yeah, it's Even super Zoom. Simple. Even if you record yes. on Zoom, you just do a yeah. solo thing. Like we're recording this podcast right now and it, it does a good job at having yeah. 
sending you a somewhat decent like video quality too. Just get on Zoom if you use that with your clients, click record and just talk. And even if it takes you a few tries to say what you want to say, you can always edit it and get the perfect fit. But I think that's it's just such an extra step that when you think about it, doesn't require a lot of your time. But the impact of it is just monumental. So exactly. highly recommend that. And if listeners are like, how does this help me with the contact process? It funnels, sorry to use the jargon term of funnel and streamline and strategy. I'm trying to remember to use everyday phrases that people would understand and not just our context phrases. But I want everybody to understand the context of the contact form. You should have one simple process to get them in through the door to get to know you, not like 10 doors potentially for them. Because the more doors you have open, it's confusing and you may not give them that consistent client experience from the get-go. But with this contact form and that URL redirect page and that first automated email, that's consistent for everybody who is filling out your contact form. And consistency, it plants the seed of trust. Yes. And you're like, oh, wow, that person is like, you can fill out my, go, don't do this. Don't, but I'm just like, <laughs> be careful what out, you say yeah, on this podcast. My contact People form will do it. 10 times and you'll get the same <laughs> response and it's yeah. consistency. Yeah. And, and then after that, so I have those as automated steps. And then I have a reminder in my workflow. Okay, this person filled out a form. Then Debsado reminds me, hey, go and create a personalized video to send to this new inquiry. And this is what they inquired about. I read over their contact form. And then during the next business hour, I'm not sending this at two in the morning, people, because mm -hmm. I have people filling out my form at two in the morning because I work with families. The next business day, I get on and I send a Loom video and I'm like, hey, Molly, thank you so much for filling out my contact form. I'm really excited about potentially working with you. And in this email, I'm sending you my packages and these are the packages I use. This is what you can expect from me. And then I'm not joking around. I should look at the stats. I don't. I need to. I, I'm all about the data and I'm like, I don't have the data. But eight, I would say eight times out of 10 or 80% of the time, I always get a response back immediately after the video. And they say, wow, it's so nice meeting you. I've never experienced this before. It just seems more personal. I love and that. And then I always get a response of, okay, we want to work with you because we saw you. And sometimes mm. I don't always control this, but sometimes my son will come running into the video because I'm like answering the video. Sometimes I work from the dining room table and my son will walk up and he'll sit on my lap and he'll be in the video to the mom and he'll say hi. And I do not, I don't ask him to do that, but it really helps because their mom and I'm a mom and they're like, oh, she gets it. She gets me. She's also balancing out life. And so I've had moms reach out to me and they're like, yeah, we definitely want to work with you. You get it. You get the life stage we're at. I promise I'm not using my son in these. He just happens to crawl into my lap right. at that moment. The whole point of this is video really helps build a connection. And when you're looking in a screen and you're looking at a person's eyes, that also builds that. Mm -hmm. There's psychology behind it. And it humanizes you and it humanizes them. And 
it, it builds a little bit more trust. Yeah. I love that so much. That's genius. And from a branding perspective, that's how you can showcase your personal brand further. Keyword is personal. Mm -hmm. I love that you say their name too, because I think it's, yeah, I could record this video once and just share and share if it's generic or you do one for each of your services. Yeah. But even just saying someone's name humanizes you. I, it helps them be seen, especially if we are a service-based business. That's such a great way to build that trust. And I think confirm that they're making the right decision reaching out to you. Make them feel good. That's all a part of your brand experience. And I love that. I'm going to start implementing that because it's, I, I really should. Yeah. It's what it's all about. It, it's what makes the difference. And I think in terms of fielding out who's a good fit and who's not, that's a great way too, to, because if someone's, oh, I don't know who'd be turned off by that. But I think that confirms yeah. further your ideal clients, right? Those people that are just pumped to work with you and just learn from your expertise. You're right. They may watch and be like, she doesn't have the vibe I'm looking for. I don't know. Like, <laughs> or this is too involved. Or No, yeah. I don't know. It depends. It depends on what your services are. But I would say for one-on-one -on -one client work, doing something like this, it's just, it goes the extra mile and it's giving them a little preview into who you are, what it's like to work with you and that you're in good hands, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that has helped me out tremendously. So that's essentially the top of the client journey, the contact form. And so I'm not going to take you all through the whole contact form, but I strongly encourage the listeners assess your contact form process. Make sure it's one process, not 10,000 processes. Because if you have one process, it's very consistent with your communication style, how they can work with you, their next step. And then you can do more a process in your client customer journey. But for me, I don't need the moms to a mom to fill out a 10 page essay yeah. about their family. They will get mad at me and be like, I have 10,000 other things to do. I'm just going to fill out this other contact form. And another thing I want to highlight to the listeners is most likely in reality, they filled out 10 other people's mm. contact forms because they might be price shopping or they right. might be seeing what's available. So another reason why you need to do this is to stay top of mind to the inquiry because some people you fill out their contact form, you don't hear back from them for a day. Yeah. And that automation of hearing back from you right away and then letting them know in that first automated email, hey, you'll hear from me in this many business hours or days, but for now, here is your immediate answer to what mm -hmm. you inquired about. So you need to stay top of mind. Love that. Oh, I feel like we could go on and on about this, but I feel like we should transition to our next topic. You've already given so many amazing ideas and I'm so excited. I feel like listeners, if you implement any of these things, shoot me and Dolly a message on Instagram and let us know how it goes because it's just, it's so cool to just see how simple processes or ideas or things can really just transform your business. Yeah. But let's transition to our finances. Oh, yes. Finances. I actually love and hate this topic. You have to yeah, get right. real about your business, your finances. Okay. So if you are seriously wanting to grow your business, scale your businesses, everybody loves to say that word scale. Buzzword. Yeah, it's a buzzword. Really, it means like to grow your business intentionally. You really got to be intentional and to be strategic. You got to take a step back. You got to look at where all your 
money is coming in from what services what are your money makers like literally categorize everything and no I'm not going to say nobody because I actually have started to love this process I used to hate it now I love it so you have to actually track where your money is coming in from and then you have to track where your money is going out because just because you're making all this money and it's exciting and you look at your bank account you're like Yay, I just made, I just got a deposit for $2,500. I'm going to go buy this mastermind. But little do you know, if you don't track your income, track your expenses, and then also have a system set up for, okay, paying your bills and then paying yourself and then setting aside money for taxes and overhead costs, you're going to be in the red all the time. Right. And because I will speak as a photographer, there is a feast and famine season all the time happening. Like year in, year out, my feast cycle is now from August to November. Oh, I'm feasting and the income, it's coming in and it's coming in hot. But then during December to I would say like March, those are dreary seasons. Like those are famine. I would call them mm -hmm. famine seasons for a lot of family photographers. And right. unless you have a studio and then you get scared, oh, I need to cut back and all of this stuff. And then during the feet, you go through these cycles. And after several years of doing that, I was like, I hate this. I hate doing this to myself. I hate going on a buying spree in the fall and then in the spring regretting like regretting mm -hmm. those pur purchases regretting those investments but so what I had to do was take first of all it took my husband to remind me about this because he was watching me go through these cycles and I wasn't paying myself consistently mm -hmm. and he would be like not that he is like a warlord over me so you need to pay <laughs> us but he approached me in like his way and be like is are you paying yourself is what is the fruits of your labor i want to support you but i have to ask you these tough questions yeah. and it took him doing that to put me on a path to really assess the back end of my finances because i was allowing myself to succumb to the feast and famine cycles mm -hmm. all the time and i just thought i'll I feel like as a creative, it'll get better. It'll get better. I'll just get, I'll just get more clients. It'll get better. But if I don't look at the number, then it won't get better. And right. that was over two years ago. That was over two years ago. And so I took steps to hire an accountant now and then hire a bookkeeper and making sure that they worked cohesively as a team to educate me because I needed to be educated. I could not do it on my own. And now I'm literally taking baby steps and I feel like I can face every year regardless, feast or famine. I know right. what it takes to run my business. I know what my enough factor is. I don't need to make 10K a month. Everybody's make a 10K month. Yep. Make a 20K day. Make a 50K minute. Right. I know exactly what I need. I just needed to look at what my needs were, mm -hmm. what my income was, what my categories were, what the services I wanted to offer, and then look at my family. It all yep. was like looking at all those systems and then making sure they're working together. And I right. have a lot of peace. I have a lot of peace about it. That's huge. I feel like finances yeah. is something that it's like the opposite of peace sometimes yes. when you think about it. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of that is, like you said, about being uneducated or mm -hmm. unaware. 
in what your current financial situation is. And I remember when I had founded my brand design studio years ago as a creative taking on clients, it was feast or famine for me. Yes. Some months were great. Other months, I didn't work with anyone. Mm -hmm. And one thing that helped me was I also had a CPA, which was awesome. For anyone that doesn't want to touch their finances or (laughs) worry about taxes, highly recommend that. And there are some out there that work with if you're a freelancer or whatever stage you're at in your business, you don't need to be making buku bucks to have the support in that. But she had told me, why don't you pay yourself regularly? Like mm-hmm. a, a salary. It doesn't have to be taxed as a salary. because I think it was just a single member LLC at the time. But just let's say you make, for example, 10K a month. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take all of that out. You can drip that out to yourself for yes. over time. So then well, you have that consistency of a salary okay, great. I need this much minimum to pay rent, buy groceries, do something fun with friends. And regardless of what your business is making, you still have that consistency. And I know it can be tough for people that are experiencing that inconsistency, Yeah, but starting in that habit or thinking about things in that way, at least for me, was a game changer. And you know what? If there were some months I did really well and I wanted to have a quote unquote bonus or something, mm-hmm. like you can do that. Yeah. But I think like you said, it's just, it's giving yourself that peace of mind and somewhat consistency in an inconsistent industry. Exactly. And going, peeling it back, it takes that time block of time, taking a step back, taking the time to assess your finances, which is the next, the domino effect of yeah. taking the time, Okay, you've assessed your finances. You've actually asked for help from people who know numbers, who will walk you through understanding your numbers, because the last thing you need to do is say, I'm not a numbers person, so I'll just let life happen to me, or I'll just like put my head in the sand and just keep on doing what I've been doing because it's been working so far, and I hope it will continue to work. And so hope will only get you so far with your numbers. You have to understand your numbers. You have, this is the tough love portion of this podcast episode. Like you have to, because you, and I also say this to creative-minded business owners, you are not dumb. You've created your business. You're a creative-minded person. You can only do what you do. And that's amazing. So why do you call yourself dumb for not understanding numbers? We tend to overcomplicate numbers, but they're so simple and beautiful when you see how they all work together. And if you need help, there are, there are people who are trained to help create, to actually translate into, I don't know, into an easy level yeah. for creative minded business owners. I work with a bookkeeper who talks very simple terms to me because she loves working with creative minded business owners. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't make me feel dumb. She literally makes me feel like I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. And yeah. I'm like, that's not true. But um, but you she, never like, know. Yeah, she like <laughs> literally walks me through things and she doesn't shame me for if I spend something or she literally walks me through everything. And then she also communicates very effectively with my CPA. And I have a plan, and but it takes time. Everything takes time and you need to be patient with yourself. And that's also about, like I was saying earlier about putting your CEO hat on, knowing your numbers. It's transformational. And I think too, it, for people that might be struggling, feeling, oh, I don't feel like my business is established or I don't know, feeling newer to things. Like that's a great way to feel like a true business owner. 
to feel like a true CEO in a way. So I love that. Was there anything else on finances that you wanted to touch before we move on? Yeah, a really important aspect, especially when it comes to systems, the tech and the automation, there's that temptation to want to buy all the tools and everything to automate everything. And as much as I love automating and I love tech tools, you do have to take a financial assessment of what your overhead costs are every month on average. And sometimes these tools will eat into your budget. And you really have to assess what is necessary and then what would be the sweet, decadent dessert to add. And that's really hard, especially nowadays where you are comparing yourself to everyone else. And then everyone else is telling you through ads, through marketing, through what your peers are saying. They're like, you should get this because this has helped me. And yes, it's okay to listen to other people, but then Mm -hmm. you have to really put your blinders on and see what is your tech stack that works for you that needs to run your business. Sure, you might have a lot of wants, but what are your needs that will definitely help you run your business? You might have to do without that fancy tech thing that you desperately want. Does this make sense? Yes, it makes total sense. And I'm thinking through to something that's helped me. I love all the tech stuff, but it comes down to ROI. Are you getting a return Mm -hmm. on your investment on this particular software or platform? And It can be hard because there's some that I have invested in, I won't name what they are, that I hadn't. I was spending money at that and I'm like, I don't really see a return on this investment. And you just have to unsubscribe. And of course, like you said, with all the frills, it can be fun. It makes you feel like, I don't know, you're doing something, but it all comes down to, like you said, knowing what is profitable for you. Yeah, exactly. I'll give an example. If somebody is, you're like, give me a real tangible example. So Since I am also doing systems and workflow education for creatives, I also have digital products. So there Mm -hmm. comes, where will I host my digital products? And so for the longest time, I was using Podia as my teaching platform. And there's nothing wrong with Podia, but there's that yearly overhead cost or monthly cost, depending upon how you want to pay. And I was paying out a certain amount every year. And then I looked and assessed this is eating, eating away at my yearly budget. Like I could be paying myself or paying for this. So what else can I do that would still deliver these digital products and it won't be eating into my budget? And that's when I discovered Thrivecart Learn is like this platform and it's still growing. There's still ebbs and flows to everything, but it was a good fit for me because it was a one-time cost and I imported everything on learn. And now I don't have to pay that Mm -hmm. overhead cost anymore. That's one less thing to think about. And then I discovered when I started using Dubsado, I was paying for other programs that Dubsado already did. So I cut out those programs and now I utilize more tools within Dubsado. So you got to really take and assess all of the tools that are running your business and see, is this necessary or is this fun? I love that. That's such great advice. Oh, so good. It's making me even go through my brain. Okay, I'm going to sit down and (laughs) yeah. My bookkeeper made me do this last week and she highlighted, she says, is this necessary or is you, I won't judge you if you Mm -hmm. like, she's always Mm -hmm. like reminding me, I'm like, I guess I don't need that or I do need this because of this. So you really have to be, and this is hard, 
pragmatic. Yeah. Being pragmatic and level-headed. Uh, I get, creatives get thrown under the bus for this, but as a creative, I am like very emotional and mm-hmm. feeling-based and oh, I get like strong, the strong feelings about things. Yeah. And so I just have to remind myself, okay, now it's time to be level-headed and pragmatic about these decisions. What do I need to cut out? And don't attach any emotions to it. It's going to be okay, Dolly. And it's been a <laughs> It's been a long learning curve for me, but if I can do it, you guys can do it too. (laughs) I love that. Plus, it it doesn't have to be permanent. Let's say you cut something out and you're like, wow, my business is suffering because of this. You can always add it back in. So it's the great thing about being able to decide and choose what works best for you. And it could evolve over time as well. So I think it's also good to just, like you said, regularly look back on it and see what's working, see what's not assessing this, whatever makes the most sense for you. It could be yearly, could be quarterly. So I I love that. Anything else before we, we move on to email marketing and list building? I would say if you're listening, you're like, who do I start off with, a CPA or bookkeeper? From my standpoint, I would recommend looking at a good CPA who could help you out with your taxes, especially. And then once you are financially ready and you're able to financially hire a bookkeeper so that they can work together. I love that. So good. I second a CPA. It's, yeah. I could not run a business with that yes. one. <laughs> Shall I move on to our third and final? I mean, this has been so good so far. I just well, have to I say- I hope so. Like, I hope so. I know I'm yeah. very long-winded. No, I love it. I love okay. it because for me, I, I'm able to visualize what this is like for my own business. And I'm sure the listeners are like, okay, yeah, this is cool. And, and my hope is that this is inspirational, right? It's not daunting, like you said earlier, or heavy. This should be something that's really exciting to learn about and to honestly just help you share more of your magic and your brand in a more effective way. Can I say one thing to encourage the listeners? Please do. And I know this might be something that a lot of people don't connect with. Some listeners may be parents or some may not be parents. So I'm speaking as a parent. Right. So I have two, two boys. I love them dearly. I would lay my life down for them. But when they were born... I did not look at Blaze. I did not look at Jack. And I'm like, okay, it's now time to eat the steak. You better eat it. I didn't expect it's time for you to walk. It's time for you to get a job now. I obviously nurtured them. I love them. I like let them experience their milestones. I don't expect them to eat solid food until they have mastered drinking from their bottle and Mm -hmm. then soft foods and pureed foods. It's all a milestone. Right. And I'm encouraging that growth and development. So we're so nice to our kids or so nice to our loved ones. Why are we so mean to ourselves when as business owners, like we are really mean to ourselves. We have a lot of negative self-talk. We cut ourselves down. We constantly are like, why don't I get this right now? Why can't I have this right now? Why don't we allow ourselves to merge through these milestones as we ebb and flow and learn? Why don't we give ourselves the same grace that we give our kids? I love that. I totally resonate with that. It's such an important reminder to have. Thanks for sharing that. Give yourself lots of grace because learning a business, learning how to run a business when you were form, I was not formally trained Mm -hmm. to run a business and I'm learning and I need to be very nice to myself because when I'm mean to myself, it shows. My kids pick up on that. Right. And my husband picks up on that. And then it affects a lot of different areas of my life. So please be nice to yourself, everyone, listeners. Everyone deserves it. And if for whatever reason you're listening to this and you're like, okay, great. This is helpful information to know what a future thing for me to work on is. You can do that too. You can save this and come back to it. It's Yeah. Just want to put that out there. Okay. Let's move on to the next thing. Tell me... 
what your knowledge on email marketing and list building and your systems and workflows for that, because that is a channel that I've learned is super valuable to my business. So let's dive into that. Yeah. So this is something that I highly recommend when you start building out your business. If you're able to from day one, even if you don't understand it, really put a lot of importance in growing out your email list, even if it's for one person or two people or three people or 100 people. Start building out your list. The number one reason is because you do not own any other platforms. You don't. And you need to start really nurturing the people that you're serving right now because there's so many facets to that because they will let you know either what you need to build or like who you want to serve or what type of products to create or how better to create an even better client experience and how to hone in on your messaging for your branding. It all goes in together. Yeah. And because you might have people on your list, you're like, I don't want to serve these people, not because they're awful, but it's just these are not the people I want to serve. I want you to really create and develop a system for yourself in building out your email list, even if it's at a tortoise pace. And so how I do this, I recommend people starting off is be creating a lead magnet or a freebie or a lead gentle, like something that will attract people to your services and it'll give them a, a quick win. So I describe lead magnets as you're leading people to your services, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you and a lead magnet can be hundreds of things. It could be a PDF. It could be a video series. It could be a private podcast. It could be a style guide. It right. could be whatever. But whatever, what win does your ideal client need right now to bridge them to get closer to your services, to get to know you, for you to nurture them? And I don't want you as a listener to listen and be like, okay, great. I made, I'm making a lead magnet. Now, as soon as they consume it, they're going to, they're going to purchase for me and they're going to buy for me. That doesn't happen. That's not true. What That's rare. Is, it's so rare. What happens 99% of the time is they consume your lead magnet and then what? That's when they need to be nurtured through email marketing. That's when you step in and you continue to build your authority through email marketing, sometimes week after week, sometimes bi-weekly, sometimes monthly, but just developing that that system, that workflow for yourself that that is right, silly as it sounds, feels right for your business. It's a good balance for you to communicate with your audience. And for me, I communicate once a week. And for some people, they communicate once a month. But stay engaged and nurture them constantly. Remind them what you do. Remind them who you are. Because like a person's inbox is flooded. I just, yeah. I like it. 10 emails from Old old Navy in a minute. We should be learning from Old Navy. Like they don't care if you feel like they're sending you too much. And then we attach so many feelings to email marketing. We're like, I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to bother this person. Listen, this person, like this is not paying your bills. You need people to buy your services, to buy your products, and that will pay 
the bills. So you just need to get over that hump of being worried what people will think of you. It's so funny because I talk to my fiance a lot about what's going on in my business. And for me, like how important email marketing is and these welcome sequences and your workflow, your what I call your funnel, (laughs) your lead magnet to warming up a lead. And he's, do emails really work? Because I'm the type of person that like unsubscribes for everything. I see right through it. And I'm like, you know what? I am sometimes, but there are people that I love getting emails from. Mm-hmm. And then I will stay engaged with. And back when I was working in the corporate world, like we dedicated so many of our creative resources to email. Granted, it was a product-based business, but a lot of the strategies behind email marketing is the same and you can implement them as a service-based business owner. So email mm-hmm. is not dead. Even no, if not. you are someone that's, oh, I hate getting emails. There are other people out there who will love them. And I think it's just sharing value and nurturing and communicating your message. And like you said, reminding people what you do. Oftentimes people need that reminder or they'll, if it's been a while, they'll be like, who are you? Like, how did I find, how did I get on this email list? (laughs) So do you have any tips for helping us optimize that process for us? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing, obviously, we all know email marketing is important. And then you've probably heard, well, create a lead magnet. Okay. But then what? I definitely don't want the listeners, you the listener, to spend days perfecting a lead magnet. Take maybe one, two days tops Mm -hmm. to create a resource that is an answer to what your clients are either needing at the moment, that quick win. You don't have to give them the entire kitchen sink. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do end up giving them the entire kitchen sink, but that's a side. That's another conversation for another day. But if you are getting into starting with email marketing, you're brand new, definitely find a resource. Ask around who are trusted email marketing experts that have courses Mm -hmm. and take a course. Learn about the foundations of email marketing. Definitely go back to your tech stack and see how much email marketing platforms are because they vary. There's that financial piece. Like there's, oh man, there's Flowdesk and there's, oh, ConvertKit. There's all these different Mm -hmm. email marketing platforms, MailChimp. And some are free, some are very intensely uh, intensive. Oh, there's this one platform. I'm like, why do people use this? But because they have like tens of thousands of subscribers, but Anyways, so don't feel like you have to jump into the deep end of using the most intensive one. Use a very simple email marketing platform that works for you and works for your business. Do research, set a timer for one Mm -hmm. hour. Do basic research, see what works for you. And then start from there. The biggest thing that a lot of people forget or fail to do or they don't do because they're too afraid is creating a nurture sequence, like a welcome sequence. Like when somebody downloads your freebie, let them know how to use it. So like a basic consumption sequence, reminding them, hey, this is how you get that Mm -hmm. quick win without saying this is how you get the win. And then welcoming them into your community and then nurturing them in the long term. Like they just send them the freebie and then it's like, radio silence until you have something to sell. No, you should set up these automated nurture sequences that lead into this is where the strategy comes in. This is where you have to see what works for you and your personality and your business. But what I do is after every lead magnet, I make sure there's a a basic nurture sequence set up and then it leads them into my weekly newsletters. And I let them know this is what's happening. And again, start 
foundationally and see what works for you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect because I know even for me, some of the resistance that I've had previously to email marketing is I don't know what to say or I don't know what Mm -hmm. the most effective strategy is this, how many emails do I send, what's going to work or not. And that comes over time, right? That's it. Once again, going back to knowing your numbers, you can see the analytics, you can see what's working. And even if you just quarterly budget some time out to look at those processes, see if it's being effective, see where you can improve. And then that's just a good starting point. But I love, like you said, developing some of these habits and of course the importance of having your own marketing channel (laughs) that is completely yours and something that's not going away in case Instagram shut down for a week or something and during a big launch or whatever. And you're like, well, what do I do? Exactly. That's a good point. Let's say there is a big launch happening and Instagram has gone down. I remember specifically, I even wrote an email about it. It was like October of last year and it was like a day where it just shut down. And I was, this is why we need to rely more on email marketing. And I love Instagram, but it's not reliable, especially if you do have those launches Going on in October, leading into Black Friday, for example, you need to be nurturing your audience and getting them ready for the sale or getting them ready for the next step and delegate at least one or two hours a week. Dedicate, I should say, Mm -hmm. the word dedicate one to two hours a week at least to learning about email marketing, start applying it to your business, grow out that email list and be gentle and kind to yourself because so many gurus will be like, grow your list by 10,000 people a minute with this system. I'm like, <laughs> okay, calm down, everyone. Yeah. That could happen if you put a lot of money into paid mm-hmm. ads. But let's say you want to do everything organically because you're on a leaner budget. You can still create great traction organically. And that's where the marketing piece comes in. Mm-hmm. Once you have a good foundation, a good system set up for email list building, then you lean heavily into your content marketing right. to remind people over and over again, hey, I have this free resource. Hey, I have this free class. Hey, and you can't just do it once and then expect mm-hmm. the floodgates to open. Like you have to remind people over and over and over And then over again, times 77, sometimes it feels like that you have this free resource for them and continually nurture them. Oh, I love that. It's, I feel like I go on and on with you. You're definitely speaking my language and have just provided so much knowledge and inspiration on this. You've been so generous with us. I would love for you, if we want to learn more about these systems, share your Instagram, share your website, tell my listeners where they can find you and what you're up to. Yeah, definitely. So if you would love some weekly systems, workflow, and SOP tips to apply to the back end of your business, you can find me at the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. Whatever your favorite podcast player is, please subscribe and follow. And then on Instagram, I'm at Dolly DeLong Education. And I also have a free class all about the five systems and workflows to start out with. If you are wanting to start your own systems workflow SOP journey and you're like, I don't know where to begin, I have a free class for you and I'm walking you through. Now it is a 90 minute class. So take some time to really like dive in, take notes and make sure to give you plenty of resources and 
it's not me telling, t- selling the entire time. Yeah. It's me literally teaching for 90 minutes. I'm very right. tedious about the way I teach. <laughs> so I want to make sure you walk away with some action points and action steps and you just have a little bit more clarity. Okay, this is the system I'm going to start off with. So I sent the link over to yes, you. And it'll so be in the show yeah. notes. I highly recommend everyone just signing up for that because this is a category of owning a business that I feel like we could always use help with. And you're just such an expert in this. And I feel like the way that you you. describe a lot of these things, no, of course, the way that you describe these things makes it seem really accessible and easy, which is important too. Yeah. You've just been such a joy to have on the podcast, to interview. Like I said, I feel like I could go on and on with you, but I'll let you get back to your work and your boys, of course. But before, before I let you go, is there any other final words or advice that you would love to leave the audience with? Yeah, definitely. I guess we should end on a note positively. Yes. Please everyone take baby steps when you're incorporating systems and workflows at the back end of your business and give yourself lots of grace. If you don't understand something the first time, the second time, the third time, just be full of graciousness towards yourself and know you've heard this, but I'm going to say it. Treat your business like it's you're in a marathon. You're hopefully not in sprint. You're in a marathon and there are going to be legs where you've got it. You're like, I don't know the term, but you're pacing really well. And then there's going to be moments where you're like, I need a break. I need a water break. I just give yourself lots of grace in this journey. I love that. Such a good reminder. Thank you so much, Dolly, again, for being here on the podcast. Take care. That concludes today's episode. Thank you again so much for being here, following along and supporting the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and found it insightful or helpful, I would love it if you would give this podcast a five-star rating. I know I say this time and time again, but it really helps get this podcast out there to those that need it most. So if you could just take two seconds to do that, I would really, really appreciate it. And other than that, I've created a new free resource for you that can be found at jesse-christensen.com forward slash magnetic. It is the exact framework I use to help coaches and creatives craft magnetic personal brands that attract their dream clients. I share the exact process in there. That's on my website at jesse-christensen.com forward slash magnetic. And of course, my DMs are always open. My email is always open. I would love to connect with you and help you in any way possible. So like I said, everything is in the show notes for you there. Thank you so much again for being here. I hope you have a lovely week and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.